0: well today i want to pick up from yesterday where i left off got a few more news stories and some things that may help you during this time this is truth to ponder with bob bierman and welcome to the tuesday edition of truth to ponder and i'm your host bob bierman just a little update here at the beginning of the program i am in okeechobee for part of this week back home Hopefully, we'll find the time to get the rest of the radio programs done uh, before the week runs out. I've been following a lot of news stories for a number of weeks, and I'm sure many of you do as well. There are the topics that all of us seem to be engaged in of late. Of course, do the vaccines work? What about mandates? What about people losing their jobs if they're not taking the shot? Why are some schools so determined to have their students, their teachers vaccinated and everybody wearing a face covering? Do they really believe they work? Do they have any evidence that they do? What about the situation going on in the Ukraine? You really don't hear a lot in the news trying to explain the circumstances. And I've had a few listeners that have asked me, what is my take? And I have that on the program today as well. A lot of news stories about online privacy, uh, digital currency, facial recognition. We can look at all the craziness as we did yesterday on the program. And there's a, we live in a crazy time. I mean, literally, literally mental institutions straight jacket crazy. When I listen to some of the things that come out of the mouths of so-called educators scientists and even doctors they've all fallen in lockstep to a narrative and the narrative is not necessarily the truth And, and so many people i have good friends that have fallen for a lot of the the lies many have come out of it since as time went by and the narratives refused to play out and all the predictions were phony by the way, that works on both sides of the equation, too. I have a lot of people send me links for videos and news stories during the course of the year. And I, I read most of the things you send me. I, I don't get a chance to see all the videos. I see some. It's just I'm not able to because of a time factor. But you know what's been, been rather fascinating to me? is some of the what are what are considered quote the conservative things that are sent to me that end up being total nonsense. A lot of it's clickbait. Let's be honest. A lot of it is clickbait. Somebody's making money uh, because you click through to see some story about something that you might be interested in with this really clickbait headline. And how many of you fall for it? I've just gotten where I'm so used to seeing it. I just ignore a lot of the stuff that comes in my inbox. And my inbox gets filled about every couple of hours with material. I've got several email addresses, one that I use primarily, privately, for where my news sources send me things, uh, things that I've subscribed to. So I've I've got some news stuff, and I try to read through it. And I try to get a handle on what's going on. And so I wanted to share at the beginning of the program, just run through some stories really quickly. Now, this is one of those kind of stories that you kind of hear about, you don't think much about, but you should. Over 20 United States government agencies and 30 million people at this point use a system called login.gov. That's login.gov. It is a digital identity system that has the option of using facial recognition in order to confirm your identity. But the agency that operates it, the GSA or General Services Administration, says this feature is not yet being used as it is tested to prove it lives up to its fairness and accessibility. I could make a comment, but I won't. But not much is made out of the privacy in the way mass surveillance of this type undermines our society, our republic, and even democracy, if you want to use that term. But in the writing seems to be on the wall. This kind of identity verification is here to stay. And, and here's why you should be both concerned about it and a little bit leery. Right now, one of, the, one of the organizations that uses that login.gov is the Social Security Administration. Now, for the moment, the Social Security Administration uh, relies on LexisNexis. Yet another system is equipped to use selfies to identify users of government services and allow them access. Now, here's here's what I find uh, humorous about this. This is at the federal government. We want to have secure ID. Notice for Social Security, but not for voting. Think about that for a moment. We don't want any kind of ID for voting. That would be evil, horrible, and maybe even racist. But for the same people that apparently can't vote... They should have no problem getting online with an ID. So, I mean, it just shows the genuine stupidity or double standard. That's what it really boils down to. There's another company that's called ID Me that works with 27 states, multiple federal agencies, and they claim it represents 70 million people in the United States. Now, observers say it's only expected to expand more and more through the federal government. Now, the IRS was in the news about a week or so ago, I think, uh, for starting to use facial recognition provided by ID.me or ID.me for some of its services, requiring users now to submit a photo of a government ID, picture ID, and a video selfie that will then be used for matching your identity. Like I say, we don't worry about voting. Voting is just fine. Because to have an ID for voting is evil. It's it's a burden. It's racist. But for the IRS or anybody else, it's just fine. You know, one aspect that people in the, even the mainstream media are noticing, and other groups like the ACLU, they're they are highlighting that technology is not good enough in that it may discriminate by way of being less accurate in identity verification. Ready for this? I knew it had to come. For people of color. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. Uh, the, the concern that I have is the growing body of evidence that any kind of facial and other biometric recognition is presenting a form of mass surveillance that really infringes on our rights. I mean, I, look, I understand we live in a world full of cameras. I get it. And if you go to a, a shopping center and you go to the Walmart, you're on a camera from the second you hit the parking lot, let alone inside the store. That's a given. And if you don't like it, you don't have to shop at Walmart. There are other places you know, that are out there as well. I recognize that there are a lot of cameras out there. I'm going to a little quick camera story. When I worked in emergency management, there were some cameras in, in the downtown section, not far from where our office was located. And a lot of people were speculating that the Emergency Operations Center was now staffed full of people staring at those TV screens, which they weren't, Um, but like I say, there are all kind of conspiracy stories that come out there from time to time that are not true, and that's one of the things I try to deal with on this program. There's so many things, a lot of stuff that I get, it all sounds good. Oh, yeah, see, there's something in the vaccine that'll connect to this, that's been planned by this group, and so many of this stuff just falls short of being even realistic or scientifically possible. I like to sometimes stay with the simple stuff. They don't work. They're causing health problems. They're wrecking your immune system. I don't need to get into all this other stuff like some satellite in space will trigger something in the vaccine. I don't even need to go there. There's enough truth out there, enough that we can see we shouldn't even have to worry about it. So just so you know, We're getting into this new area called No Identity Left Behind, and the goal is to have all people ultimately get a digital identity that you must use, except for voting. I'm serious, probably not for voting. This digital identity is the first step, if you hadn't figured it out yet, toward a digital currency, a digital currency. Now, the United States is not alone. The United Kingdom, New Zealand, and others are also looking at some version of the same kind of facial and biometric data for identification and security purposes. Just so you know, in the United States, ID.me and login.gov are based on the NIST National Institute of Scientific Technology, special publication. And it's supposed to be have security and privacy controls. But, you know, something just tells me, something just tells me, the government cannot be trusted in having all this information about you and I. I read a story not long ago. You may have seen it, too. Why is the United States Postal Service that has a hard enough time getting the mail delivered on time to our home? Why are they getting into scouring social media looking for the terrible things you and I might say? What business of that is it of the post office? Makes no sense to me but it seems to for the current administration in Washington. Saw this story that came out of North Carolina, and this happened last week. Um, A Wake County, it should be called the Woke County, but the Wake County public school system, a staff member is kind of facing a bunch of criticism in regarding a a social media post that went viral, a video clip from, it was a week ago today, last Tuesday's Wake County, call it Woke County, school board meeting, shows a guy by the name of Paul Coe. That's Paul Coe. Now, Paul Coe is the Assistant Superintendent of Student Support Services. What a title. And I was just thinking, we have more administrators today than we've ever had in education. I mean, I'm thinking how many administrators... We had a high school of, what, 800, 900 students, something like that. Elementary schools, uh, you know, a middle school, junior high that fed into it. Each school had a principal, a vice principal, and a nurse and a secretary. And that was pretty much it. And the school board office was rather small. Today, I, I know one county in South Carolina, Anderson County, South Carolina, has five School districts, five superintendents, five assistant superintendents, dozens and dozens of people working in these five buildings. And I don't know what they do, but the quality of the education has gone consistently downhill the more we have administrators and some of these weird teachers that are coming out of our, our colleges today. But here's what got Paul Cohen into a bit of trouble. He's discussing how... Students ages two, two, you heard me, to four years of age could be wearing masks. In this video, Co explained to the board members a recommendation from the North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, which encourages, believe it or not, in North Carolina for two-year-olds and older to wear masks indoors. Listen listen to what this guy had to say.
1: Before is what we had in our current guidance that said that, you know, ages three to four strongly recommended and age five required even in pre-k settings so originally it was that but that guidance was updated to age two years or older recently
2: and and, and mr Coe, I, I really appreciate your clarification too because in, in terms of what the policy is because when i, I like miss carter when i think of two-year-olds i can see a lot of difficulty having any of these kids wear the masks with any sort of fidelity or, or regularity and so but you're explaining to me that it's it's sort of like a, a best effort it's not you know they're not going to be penalized or, or punished or no. anything if they just don't have the developmental ability to do this no sir right?
1: so we i would say that in our programs they they work to make sure they're meeting the students where they're at and work mm-hmm. with them and the families to make sure that You know, between like two to five-year-olds, it's very different from, say, a 16-year-old on whether masks can be kept on or not. And our our, our instructors and teachers and, and program folks are working with the families to make sure that learning can occur towards full mask compliance later down their their growth as, as students, right? So when they're at, it's like if you're a two-year-old, you're trying to help them practice for mm-hmm. age three, and then four when they're going into pre-K classrooms. And then from there, you're trying to help them get into normalized situation, wearing masks potentially in a kindergarten classroom and so forth, right? So that's what we're trying to do, and it's it is with a developmental lens and not a you-must-do-this-or-else lens.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but I found... A lot of what he had to say, extremely, extremely disturbing. Let me tell you why. This guy, Paul Coe, the assistant superintendent of student support services, probably a six-figure salary too, talking about how students age two to four can wear a mask. Now, you notice that it's all about developmental. Did you get that? trying to normalize the idea that we're going to be wearing face diapers in perpetuity, you know, I mean, forever. I'm beginning to think that there are some people right now that are very afraid to ever take off their mask again as long as they live. I see them in the stores all the time. I spent a lot of time in Okeechobee and in that community Very few people are wearing a mask indoors or out. They're just not. Not that many people coming down with COVID. Uh, It's kind of like they're done. In many parts of the country, people are basically saying, we are done with all this. Yet you have those, especially those that are on the left, no, they want more masking. They want more mandates. They want everybody to be, you know, have become a pin cushion for Pfizer and take your third, fourth and 45th booster shot. They'll, they're not going to want to give it up. And so this entire thing I find disturbing that this guy is, is saying, you know, what we're, What he's really saying is we need to normalize to little babies, that wearing a face diaper is is a good thing. It's hard to get five year olds to wear. Them. Maybe if we can make them learn it when they're coming out of the you know the birth canal, put a face mask on them at birth. Maybe they'll get used to it. And and it really has upset a lot of parents in in even Wake County or or woke county. I think I just put it that way. Where, see, this is what I was saying yesterday. Public education is becoming an incessant sewer. It is becoming a sewer of of no intellectual intellectual knowledge or common sense. It's wokeism. It's ideologies. It is perpetuating and pushing and normalizing mental illness at the expense of education. And these people, you know, in, in... Wake County, these parents, look, even the superintendent of public instruction for the state of North Carolina, her name is Catherine Truitt, and she said we're seeing local school boards of education recommending masking for two- to four-year-olds in order to prepare them for kindergarten masking. And this is not a direction I want to see us going. We need more people to stand up. And say that, but you've got people that are thoroughly convinced, you know, when the, the delusional mind, the reprobate mind we talk about so often on this program, it believes a lie over the truth. It can't see the truth, even when the truth is apparent and clear. I think it's, they don't want to. And then they give themselves over to ideologies that are, well, sinful. And they begin to mock God. They begin to believe in themselves over God. And as Second Thessalonians points out, read it. They're given over to delusion. That's the word the Bible used. They're given over to delusion. And I look at our educational system today, and what really disturbs me, and this, this is apparent in many states, especially in democrat-controlled states where teachers unions are very powerful you have teachers that never want to go back to the classroom and they hear something you remember back two years ago well not quite it'll be two years ago next month remember 15 days to flatten the curve and remember how we had essential and non-essential we talked about that yesterday we've talked about it quite a bit Essential and non-essential. Who's essential? Who's non-essential? The Walmart's essential. The liquor store's essential. The lottery tickets are essential. All government workers are essential, even if they're not working today, but they're essential, and they get paid, and they get their benefits, and they get to do Zoom meetings in, in their pajamas from home. But if you own a restaurant, if you own a small business, You're non-essential. You can stay home and do without and get nothing. Oh, yeah, we'll give you $1,200 for your two weeks of trouble. Well, that's you didn't get much more than that because that two weeks of trouble became a year, year and a half in some places. They just won't let it go. And these teachers unions are loving the idea of, I want to keep my paycheck and never have to be in a classroom again. I don't want to be around your little uh, COVID-ridden child that's going to kill me when they breathe on me. That's why the face diaper—it stops all COVID. Then why do you want them vaccinated? It doesn't work. Well, we need you vaccinated and wearing a face mask so it it'll, it'll, we can, we can eliminate COVID. Okay, the facts say that it doesn't work. Well, facts don't matter. I mean, it's it's the principle of the thing. Do you, do you see the silliness? Let me just go a little on the side here with this story. A week ago yesterday, a healthy 33-year-old husband and father succumbed to death because of an autoimmune response connected to the Pfizer COVID vaccine. And that was actually according to some very brave doctors. You know, a lot of them don't want to touch that. I've seen doctors being threatened. One guy in Georgia of all places. Come on, Georgia, what's wrong? When you have a doctor that is citing medical evidence written and peer-reviewed articles, but it goes against the established leftist narrative of the cult of COVID and the mass COVIDians. How dare you go against that? Especially our our treatment protocol of, of Fauci's favorite remdesivir, very expensive. And if that doesn't work, a ventilator that's how we cure COVID in the hospital. And we pay you more if you follow that CDC protocol. If you dare treat somebody and they get healthy, you're, gonna, you're not going to make the money. It's all about the money if you hadn't noticed. Now, this story is about a guy by the name of Brandon Paulette. And he's a Louisiana instrument technician, a father of a one-year-old girl. He passed away uh, about a week ago. And according to a, you know, an account set up for his health care and funeral cost, his health began to worsen right after his second Pfizer dosage at the end of August. Now, of course, Facebook says these vaccines are safe and effective, and they even have a warning (laughs) on any posting about the guy. Get your serious vaccine information. You got to get it from our little, our special, you know, we have a special site for it, our special vaccine safety page. You know, in an earlier post, the the, the, the widow, I mean, the, her heart's got to be broken, promised to spread the awareness regarding the effects of the vaccine. And she wrote that her husband's loss, or his loss, might have been averted if more people had really spoken up about what has been happening with these vaccines, of course, fascist book they chime in adding the the instructions to you know they, they they're trying to say you know go to our vaccine resource page because don't you know don't you know that vaccines are safe and effective we told you so well i got news for you i will never take medical advice or any practical advice from fascist book let's be honest and real quick while we're on this topic More than two years into the pandemic, it's become obvious that Americans are now finally, the majority, that is, are not trusting one Dr. Anthony Fauci, the top White House COVID-19 czar. And this deep distrust includes a lot of prominent people in Congress. You know, some alarming emails came out. And they were found by the House Oversight and Reform Committee that shows two years ago, two years ago, like right now, Fauci was suppressing prominent scientist unanimous belief. Once again, I want you to go back when scientists were still allowed to be scientists, still allowed to do research and look at facts and share information, uh, not propaganda. You go two years ago, there was a unanimous belief among prominent scientists that the COVID-19 virus could never have evolved naturally. It never could have jumped from a bat to a person and caused a pandemic. And and I've mentioned before, too, the, the research that I did when I worked in emergency management and While trying to put something together about two years ago, maybe about, you know, 23 months ago, I stumbled across something at the CDC website, you know, how to treat SARS-CoV. Well, not SARS-CoV-2, but SARS-CoV-1. They didn't call it that. But it's the same. It's the same basic virus. And it came from China. Even then they suspected a lab possibly. The SARS-CoV of 2003 and 2004, I really I'm firmly convinced now from everything that I've read, the logical conclusion would be SARS-CoV-2 was a gain-of-functioned version of the first SARS-CoV to be more infectious and spread faster the spike proteins modified just right to attach to humans quickly. And I think that all these years, you know, you look at EcoHealth Alliance, Dr. Ralph Barrick at the um, University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, you got all these people. All these people have been playing with this stuff for, for years. And they've been trying to develop a vaccine for years. Oh yeah, they have. The idea of the kind of vaccine that's out there today is not new. It's been around for a while. It's just always failed, hadn't worked. And so, 2 years ago when these these scientists are pointing out, you know, this virus did not come out of the wild. It it came out of a lab. Wow, how hard Fauci was sending out emails to shut that discussion down. He never wanted anybody, anybody to believe that. It had to be the Wuhan wet market theory or nothing. Yet in my work in emergency management, we kept seeing all the evidence about the lab, but I'm watching the talking head saying, oh no, it it came from a bat. And we all knew better. You've been lied to. And They expected people like me to continue the lie, which I chose not to. That's why I left that kind of work. I can't do it. There's not enough money out there for me to sell my integrity and my soul for a lie. I'm just telling you. You know, Francis Collins, who is the former head of the NIH, even he started believing in the in the the bat theory because he had a discussion with Fauci. How about that? Something else I ran across over the weekend. I didn't have a chance to give it to you yesterday. Uh, This is about news for the vaccinated. looks like the Omicron mRNA booster that everybody says they can have out in so many days is not going to work. It's failing the animal test. It actually produces fewer antibodies to both Omicron and the original virus, uh, than even a third shot of the Moderna vaccine. Now the researchers said it, not me. That's their own work. What they're saying is, an Omicron boost may not provide greater immunity or protection. But take it anyway. I mean, this is kind. Of, this is no joke. It's not going to work. But we think you should take it anyway. This is what we've come down to, when it comes to these. Vaccines. I'm not joking. This is seriously worrisome as it implies that the Omicron experience, if it's any guide, anybody that's had these concoctions will be exposed to infection from future variants going forward unless their own immunity kicks in. And that's what worries me. How many people's immune system has been damaged to some degree? by these vaccines, especially those, you know, it really bothered me. I'm listening to Rachel Walensky at the CDC. Now, there's somebody that needs to be gone from the CDC. And she's out there touting this idea. And if you've recovered from the virus, hurry up and get the shot. And we're beginning to see the evidence was already, she's still saying it, of course. It is the official company line. She's still saying it. But the evidence coming out of Scotland, the evidence coming out of the United Kingdom, especially out of Israel, tells a different story. That it's a lie. None of this stuff is working. Now, maybe there's some good news in that. The number of Americans willing to take these things is plunging. Right now, Children five and over are eligible for these experimental emergency use authorized vaccines. And you got some really incredibly stupid parents that are that are bringing their kids out to get this stuff in. And you ask the parents, what's going to be the result in 10 years? Doesn't matter. They won't get COVID. They will. But, you know, I mean, these don't work. I mean, this has been the whole idea. We were sold a bill of goods a year ago. If you take the vaccine you become covid proof. Well, maybe not quite covid proof, so wear a mask. Well, get your booster and take off your mask. Well, now get 3 boosters and keep wearing your mask forever. I mean, you know, when when do we understand how God created us and how our body has the ability of doing some amazing things if we don't mess with it in the wrong way. Like I say, even though we're allowing these five-year-olds, and I can't, I can't believe anybody would do it, um, the Biden administration has thankfully failed uh, to force big company vaccine mandates through. I know some companies do, and it, it, it troubles me. I don't, underst- I, I, I don't understand why they believe that. Anybody at the head of a company that believes that a vaccine will stop the spread, the evidence says it does not. In fact, vaccinated people spread the virus, I think it's two and a half times more, especially Omicron, than unvaccinated. Makes no sense because, well, the stuff doesn't work. And so this demand for boosters is plunging. And that trend is not likely to reverse. You know, we're getting near 70% of people that have had enough of this. They're ready to walk behind it. But that 20 to 30% of Americans who are terrified of COVID, that have already got their boosters, they make up more than half of Biden's base and the Democrat base. Americans don't have to have the hard numbers from countries like Scotland to understand that within months, the boosters increase the risk of infections. They don't decrease them. And that reality is not helping the demand of anybody taking this stuff. All right, I I could do some other stories on this. Maybe I'll save one for later in the program today. But you know, I'm thinking about this digital world in which we live. We talked about the idea of a digital currency at the beginning of the program. We talked about facial recognition, but not voter ID, of course. Can't do that. That's racist. Can't do that. We've come to this point where truth is relative, where truth is not important, but an ideology is. Our school systems today are teaching nonsense and lies in many cases. Not all, but but in many places, they're teaching th- things that are factually inaccurate. The 1619 Project is a good example. It's not true. That's where the CRT stuff is based on. It's based on somebody's book that's not based on any verifiable, findable facts from anywhere. It's like they just picked it out of the air. We have got to come to an understanding that the public schools of 2022 are not the public schools of 1962 or 1972 or 1952. They're not. In terms of quality of education, the courses being given, what is expected, it's a different world. And... The one thing that I've noticed that I, with high school students that I have actually met over the past four or five years, they have no earthly idea of anything in the news of any consequence. They just don't know. They are factually illiterate on history. They're factually illiterate on a lot of stuff. And they believe the right answer is not the important thing, it's what you believe. And that's why I've said that we have got to come to a place as Christians where we take back the education of our children. We surrender that to the state, and the state has been overtaken by leftist lunatics. Only way to put it. We've got to begin a process. I know that not everybody can homeschool. I know that not everybody can afford a private school. But I tell you and I want to that one of the things I want to do with the website for the for this program is to eventually have an additional news site and a resource site. How would, you know, 10 parents from a church hire a part-time tutor to help teach their kids and then homeschool the kids. There are wonderful curriculums that are self-paced that work And statistically, I'm going to tell you a story. A while back, I had a grandchild that had some issues because of some family things and also health. And she got behind in school and they moved from one state to the state that my wife and I were living. And it was obvious to put her back into school. She'd be just, you know, it would have been a disaster. And so I decided to take it upon myself to get her homeschooled up to at least enough to get a GED. And in a matter of several months of working with her, she passed the GED with flying colors and went on to to a community college a year and a half early from when she would have normally graduated. She learned a lot. She is able to take care of herself these days. So don't Don't underestimate homeschooling. And yes, they're socially adapted quite well. I'll talk about the website and some of these projects and some other news on the other side. If you believe in the mission and ministry of Truth to Ponder, would you consider financial support for the airtime? And you can make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address 5753 Highway 85 North, 5753. Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. Once again, 5753, Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder
2: with Bob Bierman. Receiving the Forever King. Shalom alechem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now, get a pen out as fast as you can, so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in love in a moment. I was on the radio sharing with an Orthodox Jew who had called in, and I was speaking about Micah 5 two. It says about the one who was born in Bethlehem, but beyond that, it says from the days of forever in Hebrew, may Olam, the days of forever. Clearly, someone is from the days of forever. Who? Well, everybody is from one point in time. Everybody begins in one point in time, but but there's only one who is from forever. That's God, not an angel. Angels are created. Not anything that has a beginning. Only one answer. It's the creator. Only one has no beginning, God. So the one born in Bethlehem is God. That's Messiah. It's got to be that way because only God is God. Only God is good and only what comes from God is good. So Messiah didn't really come from Bethlehem. He came from eternity. Bethlehem was just a middle point. It wasn't the beginning point. It it received him from eternity. So we need to be like Bethlehem in your life, in your walk. If you try to produce righteousness or produce love or holiness, it won't be any good because you can't produce God. You can't produce good because if it comes from you, it can't be good. You don't produce love. God is love. You can't produce him from yourself. You must receive him every day from eternity. You receive the love that has always been, always was, and the goodness that always was, the purity that always was. You receive that which you didn't begin, and it will become a blessing in your life. Messiah, the gift of God, is not from Bethlehem, but through Bethlehem from the days of eternity. So all the good you'll ever do in the Lord cannot be produced, but it can be received and then given from the days of eternity. Want more? Ask for the days of eternity. Now, Hidden for 2,000 years now revealed the awesome unprecedented mystery of the temple doors, yours free. And Sapphires guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How do you get these gifts free? Easy. Just remember Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. So just call 1-800-YESHUA1 and you will be blessed. But call now. That's 1-800-YESHUA1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and the people of the world from every tribe and tongue throughout the nations. Imagine you could blanket the earth with salvation. You can. It's amazing. Through A Radio, it's the farthest way you can ever spread the gospel. How? Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. You'll have a part. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. You can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. That's the Nice Jewish Boy, Box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Collins saying, Shalom Alechem, peace be to you my friend and Messiah, Ur HaOlam, the Lord of Eternity.
0: This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And welcome back to part two of our Tuesday edition of Truth to Ponder. And I'm your host, Bob Bierman. I may, I got maybe two stories that I really want to share. And then I want to share with you the things that we need to actually do. Things we really need to do. Look, I, I can sit here and talk about COVID. I could talk about schools all day long. And, and the fact that the risk of dying from COVID is a thousand times greater for those well over 70 than it is for those that are under And for children who they want to put face diapers on and inject with this stuff, their risk is statistically zero and they're terrible spreaders. They're not good at it. Yet so many Democrats are still favoring draconian penalties. It's happening in Canada, too, among what are called liberals up there. Same in other parts of the world. There are those that want, you know, they want draconian penalties for The unvaccinated, 55% of Democrats, not the population, of just those of the Democrat Party in blue states, favor fines. 60% almost believe that people should be under house arrest for not taking the vaccine. And 48% the government should be allowed to imprison anybody that even says what I'm telling you on this program. They want me in prison. They want me deplatformed. By the way, you know, this this program is heard as a podcast. And after the Joe Rogan experience fiasco over the last week or so, I noticed something as I'm posting uh, this podcast. And by the way, there are a lot of people who listen to this program as a podcast, No, I'm not giving up on shortwave. I'm a bigger believer now than I ever was. And I was a really big believer. We can't trust online media, even though I'm going to use it as much as I can. I recognize that this podcast, I place it out to two vendors, my two paid vendors. They, in turn, push it out to other vendors I don't push it out to iTunes or Apple. I don't push it out to Google. I don't push it out to iHeartRadio. I don't push this podcast out to anybody really outside of one Christian organization and one that also feeds it out to a number of podcasting websites. Now, a lot of times if you're listening as a podcast, you may hear a commercial Guess what? I don't get a penny from that commercial. Not a dime. Nothing. Be nice, but I don't. I have no control over that. In fact, I pay to be out there as a podcast. I don't get anything back. Or, if anything, very little. You know, a lot of Democrats, like I say, they they approve of segregating people into internment camps. They want to remove kids from people's homes for those that refuse to get the worthless jab. And we now know even Pfizer's own data is showing that it may not be as safe as they thought. Why do they want 75 years to release it? I mean, they were able to get through this stuff, the FDA, in a matter of just a few months. But no, they want to hide it. I'm going to give you some numbers maybe tomorrow or or Thursday of how they came up with the super effective rates that Pfizer claimed. They had a placebo group. Here's what we've discovered. I want you to listen to this. This is all, I'll, all I'm going to say on this matter. Pfizer had two groups and there was like 22,000 people and uh, that they had in one in each group, 22,000. Okay. And it appears that the vaccine saved one life from COVID death out of 22,000. Wow. And in the unvaccinated group, there were two COVID deaths. So that's how they can say that it's 100% effective or 90. I mean, that's where they come up with the relative, you know, they save one versus two. That's the facts. And this is what they want you to be taking this stuff for. But here's the one thing. They don't want to tell you that is that has come out of some of this data. We now know if one person dies of the vaccine, then you have a net gain of zero. The truth is more people died in the placebo group of heart issues. Sound familiar than in the non vaccinated group? Of course, we'll never know the real score because Pfizer well what they wanted to do is they got rid of the uh they vaccinated everybody so now there's no control group five people had fatal heart attacks in the placebo only one in the uh yeah like i say a lot more than that in the uh vaccinated group so just so you know now quick story scott jennings he's uh, kind of a pundit talking head you see him on some Networks like CNN. He's a founding partner of RunSwitch that provides uh, senior-level political communications, public affairs, and media stuff. And it often gets him on, you know, into the press. He's also an on-air contributor at CNN. He writes regularly for uh, Gannett, L.A. Times, and others. And a little while back, he was on Anderson Cooper's program on CNN. And he was talking about where the Biden presidency has gone, and with his numbers being the worst in history, and this is kind of what he had to say.
3: I I never imagined how quickly this would all unfold. The person they sold on the campaign, the nice old, you know, moderate grandpa who just wanted to help everybody get along and compromise, is not what we got over the last year. He has no mandate, really, to do much of anything. It's amazing that he got a couple of things done when the mandate was really— Uh, Pretty clear, 50-50 Senate, a near 50-50 House, and a pretty close presidential election. The mandate was simply replace Donald Trump and don't do anything drastic or stupid. And everything about this agenda is extremely drastic. And he's been angrier than I think people expected. He's been more divisive. He's been more partisan. You look at the issues. We built five years of coverage on Trump out of Russia, COVID, and democracy. The president at his press conference invites Russia to invade the Ukraine. We got more deaths under Biden than Trump. And now we have the president and vice president and leading Democrats question the legitimacy of the 2022 election. Are we any better off on these three issues that we crucified Trump over? I think he has a lot of political problems. And an AP poll came out this morning. Only 28 percent of Americans want the sitting president to run for re-election, and fewer than half of Democrats. This is a disaster.
0: I think the only person that has a lower popularity right now, politically speaking, uh, well, then the entire Congress, forget them. That that That's a whole other story. But as, a, as an individual, is Kamala Harris, the vice president, she's the only one that has even lower ratings. Now, we were talking before I shared that story about podcasting. And some of the warnings that I'm seeing, I kind of mentioned where things are at. One of the platforms the program ends up at, and it... it is is Spotify. Now, I'm not even sure, I haven't looked that close, how many people are listening to this program on Spotify. I know there's a number on Spreaker. Uh, there's a number at Podpoint, iTunes for some reason. But see, I worry that some of these tech tyrants are going to be a problem uh, going forward in the future. They really are, because they're going to start censoring. When I was uploading yesterday's program, uh, for the podcast site I noticed this little announcement See, I use a, a portal That is operated by by Spotify And that's where the upload goes And there's this big warning Click here to see it About all the stuff you need to know About podcasting at Spotify Now, I'm not going to read everything But they have come out with a content advisory system Uh, they've decided over the past several weeks to do more about what is perceived by the Fauci's of this world as misinformation and you know they're going to stand by the the medical and scientific community in other words they're going to stand by Fauci and so they're publishing some some platform rules and they're making it really clear And they're going to be adding content advisories to any podcast episode that includes a discussion about COVID-19. And this advisory will direct listeners to the podcast, if you're at Spotify, to a dedicated COVID-19 hub. I took a look, and most of what I saw there was the propaganda the changing goalpost of Fauci for the last two years. That mask work and the vaccines are flawless, yadda, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, Ivermectin, you can't use it. It's horse dewormer. I saw all the nonsense. And so what I'm warning you is that the day of this program being on Spotify could come to an end. Not that You know, I'm going to keep it there as long as I can. You know, why should I pull it down? Just see how long it takes for them to find me. Now, thankfully, there's lots of podcasts out there, so it may take some time. But you may be seeing a warning. I'm just warning you that that's what's going to happen. Now do you understand when I talk about building Christian community? Now do you understand having our own resources, our own servers, our own everything? The guy that runs Gab gets it. In other words, he's not dependent upon Amazon servers. You remember Parler? (laughs) Remember that? Oh, yeah. We're going to be in the Google store. We're going to be in the Apple store, and we're going to put all of our stuff on an Amazon server. And the first time that you said, they said something that the woke people at Google who claim to do no harm, but they're the most harmful agent people out there, they got they got all upset so they you can't get their app anymore in our store then apple followed suit and then jeff bezos at amazon said get off of my server in like 3 days they were gone and too many programs and i mean that's why i'm using a couple of christian sites right now yet i needed to be i need a third backup plan at some point I believe the Internet still has some good usage and will for quite a while. I'm still working on my ancient word radio project for music and actually trying to get a couple of music formats together. We're getting close. I'll be telling you about that hopefully in about two weeks. Transmitter project getting done. Shortwave is going to be vital because even when we have our own platforms, it's going to be hit and miss at some point. It just is. And so I want to be able to have dependable, dependable ways of doing things. Yeah, like I want to go to Spotify to see Fauci telling me how the pandemic ends. He didn't even know. He won't even be honest about how it began. So why do I want to go watch any nonsense and any lies he's got to to offer us? But I believe the website, the truth, the number two ponder dot com truth, the number two ponder dot com website. You know, if you have never been there, go there. I got to do a couple of updates in the next couple of days. But there's got to be a way to put an adjacent or part of that site or an extension from that site like a news magazine site. I don't have the time to write everything, but others do. I want to be able to make that platform available where you can put stuff on there. And we can have people that God has called to do certain things have a platform. I could use some help in just maintaining the site, in doing the research that I have to do. I believe Truth to Ponder is on the verge of growing. It's going to go past me being a one-man shop. Remember, I I do the the research, I record it, edit, distribute, maintain the site, and other things. And, And it's coming down to the point that we need to look at the world differently. Matthew chapter 15. Jesus says, "Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto the 10 virgins, who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. 5 were wise, 5 were foolish. They were they were foolish, didn't take any extra oil. The wise were prepared. Let's just leave it at that. Read it from chapter 25. And when they ran out of oil, they're they're, they're running around the marketplace trying to find some when the bridegroom comes. Do you understand how that applies to what we're trying to do here? I don't want to be scrambling when I'm kicked off of, of some website or some podcast site. I want to be prepared. I want you to already know where the backup channels are. I'd like to see this on more radio stations. Some radio stations are courageous. They'll put it on. Some won't, but we need the finances to pull that off as well. What I'm trying to say is simply this. We all need to become vastly more proactive than we have been to date. I'm just telling you, we need to be more proactive. I can sit here and give you the news, but we now need solutions. And I'm sure that God has spoken to your heart about what some of those solutions are gonna have to be. We don't have to be, we are in this world, we don't have to be of it. And that's where I'm going to be putting the dividing line. We're in the world. So yeah, so I'm on Spotify, but I'm not going to be tied to it. Where I'm married to it. I want to find other ways. Other, all, all of us as Christians, we have no choice. Do you believe in what we're doing? which you consider help with helping with the airtime bill? And we'll talk about some of the other bills that come in. If you can, make a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. Ancient Word Radio. Mailing address 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. We are in Crestview, Crestview, Florida, 32536. That's Crestview, Florida, 32536. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, 5753 Highway 85 North. Number 3248, Crestview, Florida 32536. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth,
2: the number two, ponder.com. Truth to
0: Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.